the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another thrill-packed edition of Unite, i.e. radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots, as well as the Unite, i.e. coalition of conservative and patriot groups in the Inland Empire of Southern California, where our mission is to unite freedom-loving America-loving Americans and magnify our strength and effectiveness in making and keeping America great, free, and prosperous, or as the FBI calls us, domestic terrorists. Uh, I, I say that the, uh, and I think it's true, that the most important political office is that of the private citizen, quoting Justice Brandeis. But ranking up there is the pastor. And it's always been that that was the foundation, the Christian foundation and culture was the foundation of our country. And it's really essential to everything that we are, all the way from the Declaration of Independence, that we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal and they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. And among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. John Adams, our Constitution was made for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. Alexis de Tocqueville, who wrote the famous book, Democracy in America, he was a French aristocrat, came over and toured around America in like the 1830s, 1840s, before writing that famous book. And he said that despotism may govern without faith, but liberty cannot. How is it possible that society should escape destruction if the moral tie is not strengthened in proportion as the political tie is relaxed. So representing that at least second and very close second most important political office for our country is the pastor. Please to welcome back to the show, Pastor Brian Hawkins, who um, very timely because he is in Georgia working in the Senate runoff election. I'll be talking about that. So welcome to the welcome to the show, Brian. Hey, thank you, Greg, and I appreciate you for having me on. Um, I wasn't aware that the pastor was the essential elected position, and I can see why, uh, understanding history. Uh, but I'm uh, very fortunate enough to be on here, and uh, I appreciate you for uh, thinking about me while I was out here and inviting me to come on. You're also a, a member of the, the San Jacinto City Council on the water board there. You are a candidate for Congress in the 25th district that goes from San Jacinto in a weird gerrymandered district over the mountain into parts of Palm Springs and parts to the to the uh, to the east of that. Um, and we'll talk about that race, which didn't go as well as as you might have might have hoped. But before we get to jump into Georgia, which is really the reason I asked you on the on the show today. What are your thoughts on the importance of the pastor and Christianity and religion to America and having a free country? And how are the pastors upholding that? We know the private citizens aren't upholding their responsibilities. How well are the pastors upholding their obligations both to God and to the country? Well, it all depends on what pastors you're referring to, because there are some pastors that are upholding to the, uh, you know, Christian values and sharing with it. I actually was last night uh, at the Ark Church uh, in the city of Smyrna and exactly what we were talking about. You know, these are pastors that were essentially saying, hey, where are the pastors at that should be, you know, talking about issues and not getting excited off of names on the ballots? And so I was really Pleased to hear the panel discussion last night um, with some pastors that are locally here in the state of Georgia. And, and to my surprise, these were all black pastors. Uh, and so that was an even greater feeling because, I, you know, over the 
during the pandemic and you know even you know before that a lot of churches uh were staying away from getting involved in politics and you know the old separation of church and state and so i think that there are some some churches that are starting to come around a lot of pastors are you know are filling uh the shackles of the government um they're starting to they've been told separation of church and state uh but now they're understanding what it really meant and you know with the marriage equality act that just recently uh, pass the Senate. Uh, there's some concerns uh, that pastors are afraid that, you know, if they don't, you know, if they, you know, want to uphold the Bible, they'll find themselves getting in trouble and losing their tax exempt status. So there are some pastors that are slowly waking up and, you know, all we can do is continue to pray for those that are still being misled. Yeah. That the um, gay marriage bill that would, that, that has passed the Senate and that will now pass the Democrat, still Democrat controlled house of representatives and it only got through the Senate with 12, quote, Republican, unquote, senators voting for it. And they turned down those same Republicans. They, 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 they passed it despite the Mike Lee, Senator Mike Lee, proposed an amendment that said that would protect religious liberty. It said, OK, you may have a, you may have a con the under the Supreme Court case, you may have a right to gay marriage, but. The pastor doesn't have to violate God's word and welcome your gay marriage and perform it in his church. And that, te- that tells you all you need to know about the agenda. Absolutely. Once you start, once you start down the thing, it says, my judgment is better than God's about an issue, gay marriage, whatever, homosexual conduct, then why defer to God on anything? Absolutely. Well, you know, we've been slowly seeing God being removed out of so much. You know, it's it's unfortunate. Um, a lot of people are questioning if God is even real and, and the world is doing a great job of legislating him out of it. And stuff, so. Yeah, you look at you look at all the polling data in terms of people, their belief in God, uh, their attendance at church. Is, is is on the decline, particularly among the young people who are getting the most um, over-the-top uh, and heavy indoctrination against mm-hmm. religion and against God and against Christianity. And most of the decline, I'm, I'm looking at some charts here, most of the decline in religious belief has come in the mainline Protestant religions. Which have gone the most woke and the most and the, and the most to the left. Black Protestants been pretty constant, down somewhat over since 1972, but pretty constant. Um, evangelical some decline, Catholic some decline, but the huge the huge drop was in the mainline Protestant churches, and the big increase is in people who believe in no have no religion. And that's and that, and that's where we are, and and I think I think it's deliberate because you look at the, da- the election data. And let's flip over to the to that chart. There was something about you know, how married women and non-married women and so on. But one of the really interesting stats from the last election <clears throat> was if you if you go to church once a week or more, that that, that those people voted Republican sixty six to thirty three. If you go to church occasionally, that group voted Republican fifty two to forty seven. But if you never attend religious services, that group voted Democrat 66 to 31. It's what Karl, the famous Karl Marx slogan, religion is the opium of the people. And that's why they, that's why they are so hostile to religion because that gets them more votes. Yeah. You've been a pastor. I think, I think your church had to close because you didn't go along with what your woke, some of your woke uh, constituents, um, wanted to do then you ran then you ran for um and you ran then you ran for congress and you, from your perspective do you see any kind of turning back to religion and within religion turning back to a more traditional this is what the bible says version of christianity absolutely absolutely you know history has shown a period of time where people have turned them turned their backs against god uh unfortunately hardship is what causes a person to develop a stronger relationship. And, you know, we're, we're almost there. You know, you look at the state of the economy, you look at the state of, you know, finances. Um, and so we're going to get there pretty soon. And, and 
eventually people are going to find themselves back praying again. They're going to find themselves just the same thing as a pandemic. You know, if you go back and look at the the uh, the highlight of the pandemic, there were so many online churches. Many people were praying. Many people were seeking God like never before. You know, I would go log online and you would see church all on my timeline for the first couple of months. Nobody knew what the pandemic was. They were living in fear. And so there's always this, you know, in the back of my mind, let me let me go to God when things get worse. And once I'm out of the weed, okay, great, I can go back to, you know, where I was comfortable living in, in a sinful lifestyle. So I do see it happening. And unfortunately, it's, it's going to happen on the wrong end of, of, of the reason other than just because of who he is, you know, because of how amazing God is. No, it's going to be because of famine, turmoil, you know, you know, rumors of war, um, which is going to cause people to turn back to God. Well, you know, and the pandemic is a good illustration of where the church is. How many churches obeyed the government and, sa- and stayed closed for months, if not if not if not years, our church, which is the Ark Church of the Nazarene in in Redlands, and never really officially closed. If you wanted to come to service when they were online, you could, but they officially reopened along with many churches in California, including uh, Pastor Jack Hibbs at Calvary Chapel and Pastor Tim Thompson at uh, uh, four twelve. Used to be Myriad, and now it's four twelve Temecula. Um, reopened on Pentecost Sunday of of of, of twenty twenty. And have been open ever since, even though other churches remain closed for months or years or after. And it's, uh, it, you know, I, and I, th- I think it's a reflection, unfortunately, of of the church that they succumb to government like that. Where other pastors, there were some pastors who stood up in the face of they're threatening to be arrested. They're, they're threatened with hundreds of thousands of dollars of fines. And they said, huh, huh, I obey God, not the government. Well, I think a lot of people, you know, and and this is where it comes down to lack of knowledge. Uh, The Bible says, "My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge," and I don't, I don't think many pastors understood um, what the separation of church and state meant. I believe that you know, you know, they were acting in good faith uh, towards thinking about the people in the church, not knowing. But um, I think that, like I said, you know, adversity breeds, you know, character. I think that a lot of individuals grew from that, learned from it. And I don't think that the government would be able to do the same thing over again. You know, um, you see that they tried with monkeypox and that went away real quick, you know. And so um, that that's true. Fool me once, uh, my fault. And I, I don't believe that individuals are going to go for it a second time. <laughs> I hope you're right, because the citizens also roll over and surrender their liberty just because a government so-called expert says so. Let's take a pause here and hear from our sponsor, which is um, Ed Hoffman of United American Mortgage, the place to go for your real estate lending needs. Back after this. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with United American Mortgage. New company, same Ed Hoffman. If you've heard my show, The Main Event, then you know that I think like you do, and that's what you want when you're looking for someone to advise you on real estate financing. Whether you're thinking of financing a piece of property you'd like to own or refinancing a piece of property you already own, or if you or your spouse are over 62 and you'd like to find out more about that reverse mortgage thing that everyone is talking about, and whether that property is in California or another state where you'd like to go to escape California, I can help you find the solution that's right for you and in step with your short-term and long-term plans. Call me at 951-252-2027. That's 951-252-2027. One last time, day or night, area code 951-252-2027. Or go to edhoffman.net. Click on the United American Mortgage logo. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921. United American Mortgage Corporation, NMLS ID number 1942. United American Mortgage Corporation is an equal housing lender and licensed by the California Department of Real Estate. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. As we're talking in the in the uh, first segment, followed very, very closely by the pastor, because our Christian and religious faith is essential to having a free country, and it's the foundation of American exceptionalism. 
Uh, we're going to turn now to the Senate race, the Senate runoff race in Georgia, which is the, I guess, the primary reason why I asked Pastor Brian to come on the show, because he's in Georgia trying to help uh, Herschel Walker uh, get elected. Uh, this is a runoff election uh, in, under Georgia law because neither Walker nor the incumbent Democrat Warnock got 50 percent in the first round. There was a libertarian candidate that goes to runoff, and it's now just the two of them. It's a very close race, and maybe we'll curry why. When you look at what happened in uh, the Georgia Republican Governor Kemp easily won re-election, uh, but uh, – Herschel Walker did not. And so there's about 200,000 people who voted for Kemp who did not vote for Republican Herschel Walker. And it's a very crucial race because the Democrats are now already picked up one Senate seat and in Pennsylvania. And if they hold, if they get, if Warnock wins, they'll have 51 to 49. That's not a big difference except that if they get one of either cinema or mention to support ending the filibuster, they'll be able to run their entire agenda through the Senate without um, the, the uh, filibuster to any way hinder them. So, with that background, uh, let's. Uh, what's what's your perspective on the race, Brian? And what are you doing to try to help Herschel Walker? Absolutely. Well, you know, a runoff is a little different than you know your normal race, the midterms, and a general. Because it's essentially just the two on the ballot. Um, And so it's not as heavily, um, you know, advertised all over. However, on the TV, there's been considerably more uh, Warnock commercials uh, to Herschel Walker. Um, And it all depends on what part of Georgia you're in. So I chose to be in the heavily Democratic area of Georgia. Because if there was ever going to be a place to pick up this chair, to pick up the votes, would be in the areas of Atlanta, DeKalb County, um, Fulton County, just the surrounding areas. Uh, and so that's where I've been at. Last night, we held a town hall meeting uh, with the great Dr. Alveda King, who is the um, niece to Reverend Martin Luther King, very outspoken Republican. Uh, pretty sure many of you guys remember if you look it up, you know, she had a really good uh, relationship and uh, praise from Dr. President uh, Donald Trump uh, and then also um, Angela Staten King. And last night we met with a room full of pastors uh, that was breaking down policies versus personality, uh, because that seems to be the issue when people go in and go vote. You know, they're talking about personalities. And this is this is where the big fill of the race at right now is people are actually turned off from the race because of the mudslinging. Uh, it's been a very distasteful uh, runoff because all you're seeing is negative ads, negative, and, and you're not even hearing, you know, the solutions, you're not hearing it. That's that's the kind of the feel that I'm getting from people. There are a lot of people who were turned off from the election just by the negative ads. Uh, but I've been going, you know, out in spaces, going door to door, different groups. I've visited several colleges out here, talked to a lot of the students that are voting. Uh, to get their perspective and, you know, to find out, you know, why they do vote, because this is a heavily Democratic area. Uh, and so my goal is to really encourage people to look at policies, break down what you stand for or what are some of your policies. Um, you know, we were talking about, you know, the abortions and that was something last night. And when I get a chance, Greg, I'll send you over uh, some of the video uh, snippets from last night's town hall. And you'll be really surprised to hear some of the discussions that was happening amongst Democrats about abortion, about climate control, about um, the southern border. Um, And you'll hear some very strong conservative talking points when it comes to abortion and climate. Not what you're hearing on the national stage, but in a room full of, you know, you know, devoted Democrats. They're talking totally different than what the news is saying. They're not for this full term abortion, which we just passed in California Proposition One. They're for securing the borders. They're they're looking at illegal immigration as a threat uh, to the finances here in this in this state. Um, and so, you know, that's a hot topic all the way in Georgia. They're concerned about the southern border, uh, which is a far contrast from what you hear coming from the far left media. Uh, so I'm really I'm really surprised 
at the conversation. And, uh, you know, as I was telling Joy, the president of the East Valley Republican Women's Patriot, I said, I wish I would have been out here for about two or three months leading up to it. I know I had my own race, but, you know, given the, there's such a heavily influence of culture in Atlanta with music and movies, yeah, I think that I could have done a significant better um, strategy with getting a lot of individuals who don't see the purpose of voting right or left, the, the importance of it. And so, um, you know, I'm coming back to California next week after the election with a different fire, because I think we have a message that we can go after those who have been misled by the media. And I think it's important that we start to expose that. That's interesting because you were talking, you know, is they, they, they want border, they want the border secure. They don't like illegal immigration. They recognize that, that, that illegal immigration undermines particularly lower income American workers. They don't like the inflation. Probably most of them don't like the crime. Um, no, you're right. They're yeah, asking for more police. Right. Um, yet, and, and you, you look at the, you know, Energy, year to year, gas is up 17.5%. Electricity is up 14%. LOR utilities, 20%. Fuel oil up 68%. Um, basic foodstuffs, year to year. Turkey up 169 Bread, 148 Potatoes, 15.2%. Uh, eggs, 43%. Flour, 24%. And so on. And how are these people... and it's always it's it's always unfair to ask. Well, you, you know, you're 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 a black person, so you must know how all black people think. But when you go and you go in the cultural stuff, abortion, which affects disproportionately black babies, and I'm sure there aren't many black parents that want to see their kids trans and cut off their genitals. But there. Is, is the, what seems to be the block or the either the block to voting Republican or the loyalty to somehow to the Democrat Party? It, it has everything to do with the perception of the Republican Party. That's what it is. It's I'm going to tell you right now, the moment we change the perception of the Republican Party, there are so many individuals who would re-register as a Republican, the moment the party looks to be the party that want to see everybody in this level of freedom. But the perception is, is that it's exclusive only to white people, you know, specifically white males, um, because, you know, you, you, that's what you normally see advertised in the media. I give you an example. When we were doing the school choice initiative, um, and this was trying to get you know, the education of freedom passed. You know, Orrin Wheatley, uh, Mark Netter, Randy Economy were the three men who were on almost every media outlet. And so it gave this perception to people that school choice was not for, you know, the at-risk children. It wasn't for minority kids because that's not who was advertised. You know, Nike chooses to use you know, certain athletes to appeal to a certain demographics of crowd. And when you don't have a representation that reaches people, because unlike what people want to believe, there are people who do see color. There are people that look at through the lens as much as we want to get people not to. In the society, this is how people perceive life. And, you know, it's unfortunate because there are a lot of things in the Democratic Party, like you said, there are people who are overly frustrated with this transgender agenda. They're, they are. They're like, man, but then where do they go? Where is the connection to the Republican Party where they feel comfortable at to where they, okay, this can be the party where I can build from? I like the platform. I like the ideology. I'm for freedom. I'm for America first. I'm for border security. I'm for lower costs. But then I don't see my identity in the party. And that's where the disconnection, nothing else, nothing, nothing else. It just happens to be seeing themselves in the party. Hmm. All right. We are out of time for the first half. Um, we will carry on this discussion. Uh, State, we will carry on. We will carry on this discussion after news and traffic and so on at the bottom of the hour. Back after this. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with United American Mortgage. New company, same Ed Hoffman. 
If you've heard my show, The Main Event, then you know that I think like you do, and that's what you want when you're looking for someone to advise you on real estate financing. Whether you're thinking of financing a piece of property you'd like to own or refinancing a piece of property you already own, or if you or your spouse are over 62 and you'd like to find out more about that reverse mortgage thing that everyone is talking about, and whether that property is in California or another state where you'd like to go to escape California, I can help you find the solution that's right for you and in step with your short-term and long-term plans. Call me at 951-252-2027. That's 951-252-2027. One last time, day or night, area code 951-252-2027. Or go to edhoffman.net. Click on the United American Mortgage logo. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921. United American Mortgage Corporation, NMLS ID number 1942. United American Mortgage Corporation is an equal housing lender and licensed by the California Department of Real Estate. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. Very pleased to have with us this week, Pastor Brian Hawkins, a member of the city council in San Jacinto. He's on the water board there. He ran for Congress. And presently, he is in Georgia, helping in the, in the very crucial and very important Senate runoff race between Warnock, a very far left Democrat, as if pretty much they all are, and uh, Herschel Walker who is not only a Republican, but he is uh, what we would call an out-Christian Republican who uh, professes freely and publicly his his Christian faith. The polls look like it, it is close. It's a very close race. Um, and maybe Warlock, like Warlock might have a little bit of an edge in the polls. Interestingly, um, there's, a, there's, a, there's a website where you, you can make, take bets on the race. And there it's got about 84 to 16 Warnock. And that's interesting that we, when the polls are so close that the people who are betting their money on the race are, are heavily in favor of Warnock. How do you see the race shaping out? What do you, how, if you had to predict the outcome, what would you, what, what's your prediction? Well, um, given the fact that how the midterms turned out, um, you know, unless, and, and this is how I look at it, unless Herschel Walker's shift and brings his campaign into some of the, you know, inner city areas, you know, you're pretty much going to get the same outcome. You know, it's a big question of, you know, those 200,000 people that voted for Kemp and then vote for Walker, you know, that's a huge question. You know, what was the missing piece for 200,000? I do know that there were some Democrats who did vote for Kemp. So I can't say that all 200,000 were Republican um, because there were some Democrats that, you know, I came across that did vote for Kemp. Um, but there has to be something different in the approach. And what I mean by that is that, you know, if you're going to, you know, change the outcome of the election that was just a month ago, you know, what are you going to do? And I, I think that in politics, we read the data so much that we're afraid to go into these uncomfortable spaces. And he'll be surprised that there are, there are fans of Herschel in, the, in some of these black rural areas and some of the inner city areas that are fans of his, that if he just showed up, you know, he could win, you know, some of those votes. Um, and that's what I think that it would take. Uh, the election is next week. I don't know if that would happen, um, but that would be something that I would encourage. Uh, I'm, in a, I'm in a Warnock area. So the area that I'm in, of course, everyone is overwhelmingly in favor of Warnock. Now, when I've gone on the outskirts of Georgia, that's when I started to see more of the Herschel Walker signs and everything. Um, but given the meeting that I had last night, that was a room full of, you know, mixed room, probably heavily more Democrat, uh, that was getting a, a earful of the difference in policies. Um, but, you know, you, you, you never can tell. Uh, but there is a there is a bigger energy out here in the area for Warnock. 
there is a stronger grassroots out here, grassroots presence. Um, you know, there's more banners, more billboards. Uh, so you would figure when there was more like that, and plus the money has been outraised three to one. Uh, so there is a significant uh, presence of Warnock. But like I said, I'm in that area. Uh, and I intentionally wanted to be in this area to try to, you know, share with individuals, you know, real value that we should be standing on and not being persuaded by people that uh, that that are shined up to, to be great. Uh, there is a lot of there's a lot of truth to some of the stuff that was coming out about the mishandling of the apartment complexes out here. I actually went to go visit uh, the apartment complex, which is right across the street from Ebenezer Baptist Church. Um, where uh, Reverend Martin Luther King was at in that area. So uh, they, they did a great deal of job of hiding a lot of the truth uh, to pass this through. And I think it's unfortunate. Now, just to give me a little background is uh, that Warnock's church was trying to evict people from rental units that the church owned at a time when Warnock was calling for a national moratorium on any evictions because of the, of the COVID situation. Do I have that correct? Yes, sir. And I actually, uh, I'll send you a picture of that apartment complex. Um, Cause I actually went by there. It's literally right across the street from their church. What, what do you see? You, if you, when you talk to Warnock people and they're going to they're, they want, they're going to vote for Warnock, why? Like I said, it comes down to so the perception is is that Herschel Walker uh, is not the best candidate to run against someone like Warnock. Uh, when you listen to some of the stuff that he just kind of like, you know, can be all over the place sometime in his speeches, and so you know, many people feel that that Herschel Walker was just handpicked by white people to be the, the puppet to black people. Um, and that's the perception that I get from a lot of people. A lot of people are embarrassed uh, at the fact that it was even close um, of a race. And so uh, that's one of the frustrating things uh, that people are looking at, like, you know, there could have been any black man that you could have chose, you know, why Herschel, um, given the fact that he doesn't live in Georgia or hasn't lived in Georgia since, you know, playing football. So that, that right there is another, you know, um, sore spot to the election uh, because I guess it was on record of saying that, you know, he was living in Texas, taking advantage of tax breaks in Texas. So it's, it's, it's tough when you have someone like Warnock who's been here since the pastor of Ebenezer Baptist Church since 2005. So he has a staple in the city to bring a black man from Texas into Georgia to challenge him. Um, you know, and many people feel like, you know, as an outsider, someone who really doesn't know Georgia. Um, and so that's, that's, a, that's another hard selling point too. It would have been better to get someone that was, a, a, I mean, a Republican here in Georgia to run against Warnock uh, instead of getting, you know, someone out of Texas. And I get it, you know, Herschel Walker with the name and Georgia football, because they do love football down here. And, you know, Georgia Bulldogs is everywhere. It's evident. But, you know, I don't know how much thought process went into mm -hmm. selecting the candidate other than the name that Herschel Walker already had. Um, but, you know, like I said, there's constant, attacks on his, you know, where he live at, you know, the abortion. I mean, they have Republican women who are making commercials against Herschel Walker. And that doesn't look good either. And so that's a that's a tough selling point. Like I like what I'm seeing, I can see why it's hard for people to vote for Herschel Walker. Um, you know, and so that that's the tough part right there. <laughs> Yeah, we're all we all live in, in in bubbles to some extent, and some of them, some of our bubbles are more permeable than others. But we look at this and go, how could how could anyone, given what's happened in the country, you look at the polling data on the in the country, and Georgia's probably very similar, is that you know maybe twenty five to thirty percent think the country's on the right track, and sixty five to seventy percent think the country is going in the wrong direction, and that you would vote for Warnock to keep going in the same direction. But 
people, as you, as you were just trying to explain, people perceive things differently and they um, are looking at different things than you or I might look at. Absolutely. Well, the blame is still Trump caused all of this. So that's that's the underlining, you know, reality out here and in some of these places. Um, They believe that if there was any Republicans in office, then it would be much better all the way across the board. Um, And so that's the frustrating part, because. People don't know how policies create outcomes. They're not putting together, you know, the scenes of events that happened from the moment Biden went into office. And here's the crazy thing about it. Many people are dissatisfied with Biden. Think about that, right? Many people are dissatisfied with Biden, which tells you that there is this sense of understanding but then they don't want to put it all the way through. Like, wait a minute, because the president doesn't make policies. You know, the legislators do, Congress and Senate. And so while people is blaming Biden, they're not looking at the people who are in office that's bringing these bills to his desk. You know, he's signing bills that they voted on. And so until people put two and two together, like, wait a minute, you know, um, you know <clears throat> we need to change something. And that's why there's a big cause for is Biden even going to run in 2024? Um, you know, there's a strong sentiment that he might not. So actually, I was I was just reading it today that Democrat strategists are seriously considering a 24 2024 ticket of Biden and that new Democrat senator from Pennsylvania, Fetterman, and their uh, uh, slogan is going to be "It's a no brainer." <laughs> Yeah, that, I, I can see that one. Yeah. Uh, wow. let's, let's, take, let's take a pause here Hear from our sponsor. He always likes to have his commercials played during the show, and that is All-Star Collision, the place to take your car when you have an accident because they are truly the kings of wreck and roll. Back after this. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen, and followed closely by the pastor who plays a vital role, vital role in shaping the moral and cultural foundation of the country, or at least the pastor should do that, and maybe they haven't been doing that uh, as as well as they should have and did so in, in previous years. And we are pleased to have on the show this week, Pastor Brian Hawkins, member of the city council in San Jacinto on the water board. He ran for Congress and maybe we'll have a little time to take your perceptions on your congressional race. And he's presently in Georgia working to help uh, Herschel Walker win that key Senate runoff election. We talked, a little, we, we started into it a little bit earlier in the show and I want to come back to it now and that is race and color and we it's it's a persistent issue and i think there's people that want it to be a persistent issue um back when before obama was elected majorities of blacks and whites thought race relations in the country were getting better more whites than blacks but there were still majorities and when obama left office majorities of both blacks and whites thought race relations were getting worse. And I don't think that was an accident. Um, Martin Luther King famously said in his 1964 speech uh, that uh, his dream was that his children would be judged based on the content of the character and not on the color of their skin. But now more and more these days, it seems to be corporations, the government, the schools want to judge people on the color of their skin. So, with that kind of introduction, where do you see race relations in America? Is it getting worse, getting better? Should we be looking at color? Do we look at color? 
what if we, if we came to you, Pastor Brian, is what should we do? So somebody said a great quote the other day, and I thought it was really interesting. They said that when it comes to everything, we see it. A red car go down the freeway. Like, oh, that's a nice red car. You know, that's a nice blue jacket. You know, you have beautiful green eyes. You know, we see color everywhere except for on people. And I think that when when we don't see color, and it's not that we don't see colors, it's, you know, do you see the issue that some colors have gone through? And I think that that's where the message is, is that some people feel like, you know, their color has been, you know, when you look at just just different races and, and all depending on what period of time, you know, everyone has gone through some type of atrocity. Uh, if you were to leave America and go to, you know, the Middle East, you know, you would see how women are treated. So it's not colored there. It's just, you know, women aren't allowed to read. You know, they're, you know, they're, you know, subjected to just harsh treatment. So it's just different in different places. And I look at if that's the issue that would allow us to move forward, right? When we're looking at negotiation things on the table, and I take it back to our founding fathers when they were talking about the Constitution of the United States and the Declaration of Independence. And here it is. Slavery was a conversation that was being talked about, but not everybody was on board with ending slavery. And so my thing is, if a portion of America see color and want people to see their colors, then is it is it worth the argument to continue to say, I don't see color? Or is it better to have a conversation and ask, you know, well, why do you want me to see your color? Well, some people believe that seeing their color is seeing their their scars or seeing what they've gone through. Um, you know, and there's a, there's a part of history that we have to accept in America, regardless of what side. And, you know, many people could say, well, I had no part in it, but the way people colors looked at, um, for instance, when I was a child growing up, all I thought was that black folks started off as slaves, you know, and then you find out in history, black folks was more than slaves maybe in America, but then there were some Blacks who never were slaves in America. There were Blacks who had wealth, uh, that had education. Um, and so there's that part of history that it helps strengthen people's character and their perception of who they are. But, you know, if we're going to, if we're going to move past it, because it's not, it's not going to help save America by looking at somebody's color. You know, what's going to save America is the policies that we need to, improve on. And so my thing is, okay, I see that you're black. I see that you're white. All right, now let's fix inflation. Because if we're going to stay here and talk about that, this, like you said, you know, we thought it was over with in 2007 and here it is in 2022. It's been, you know, charged all the way up. And so my thing is, okay, let's take a pause. Let's address it. Let's hit it head on. And then because apparently we're going to be held hostage by social issues, you know, and we obviously have one particular party that want to make this the focus of every conversation. So my thing is, okay, let's, let's go ahead and, 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 and hit this thing right on the head. And, you know, so we can, we can really nail this coffin out. You know, I remember when I ran for office and one of the things I said, um, as far as, um, systemic racism, you know, I said, this is an opportunity to show people that my color doesn't matter. You know, what I'm about to do in office is going to matter. And people voted for me based on my character. They based, they voted for me based on my solutions. I didn't make my race about color. I made my race about the outcome. Now, unfortunately, not everybody can see it in that same way. And, you know, this is where, you know, we have to now educate people to see themselves past their color. Um, so we can get to the issues because unfortunately, Greg, I'm just going to be honest with you. Many people would not want to talk about the issues because that's important to them as being seen. And so until people feel like they're seen, we'll be having this argument. My kids will be having this argument when they're 40. What do you mean when people want to be seen? Well, as far as, you know, like I said, when you say they don't see color, it's like saying you don't see me. You know, and so in, in the black community, the black community has been raised to see color. So that's just, 
that's just what it is in a black community. Um, that's all they, they've always been taught is the difference in color. Um, it's stuff that's been labeled. So this is things that's been ingrained generations, generations of black people. That's all they've been labeled and seen at as their color. They've been identified as their color. They've been associated with setback as their color. You know, there's a quote uh, that says, my skin is my sin. Think about that. You know, that's a that's a very heavy quote. Like, you know, individuals feel like, you know, because of the color of their skin is the reason why things are hard for them. Hmm. But I wonder if that's a uh, useful... And I, and I, I somehow doubt. I, mean, I, I, I know you reasonably well, but not really well. Um, that I don't. I doubt that you're trying. That you're teaching your children to, you know, emphasize their skin color as opposed to get out, study hard, work hard, and be successful. Yeah. So you, you've met my children on many occasions. Yes. And so they're comfortable in every place that we go into. Um, and so they don't have that issue. Um, you know, they see themselves as being competitive. As a matter of fact, there's an article in the Epoch Times, if you look it up, uh, that we talked about my daughter when she had did this uh, assignment in class. She had wanted to be the school president. And they it was about seven kids that applied for it. And they were all told to do these assignments. Every day they had to do a different assignment. Well, she was the only one that did all the assignments. And when it got time to pick the school president, the principal came and said, you guys are all the president. So my daughter felt like she just wasted her time doing this assignment because, you know, she she like, you know, this is hard work that I put in. I wouldn't made my poster. I wouldn't have read my speech. I did everything the teacher asked. And then you're telling me that the kids who didn't even do nearly half the assignment is going to get awarded the same thing. So... You know, so she got a sense of, you know, equity and access. Like they didn't they didn't even have to even work for it. They were just giving it to them. And that that discouraged my daughter. Excellent point. And maybe a maybe a useful lesson in um in uh in socialism is mm-hmm. you know, is that uh, when you you work hard, you you um other people other people get to uh mooch off your 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 hard work. Um I'm a soul, and I'm sure you, I'm sure you, you know of him. He says that uh, politically, there are few ideas more potent than the notion that all of your problems are caused by other people and their unfairness to you. Right. And I think I, that he's uh, Thomas Sowell is spot on about everything he says, but that, but that, but that's particularly pertinent uh, to uh, to our discussion. So, would you agree that? The left, the Democrat Party, they're trying to make race relations in America worse. Well, saying that they're trying to make it worse would be, I I would say that they've learned how to masterfully control uh, the divide of getting people to believe that one person's skin color is better than the other. Uh, And they've exploited years and years of bad teaching. Um, Now, we can argue 1930s, 40s, 50s, and even in some parts of the 60s and 70s, but there has been some progress to getting better in this particular area. Uh, But I think that the Democrats know very well uh, how much race plays a part in people and how they see themselves. And they've been really good at exposing that type of hurt or trauma to people to control their vote. Um, but on the flip side, the Republican Party hasn't shown any outward willingness um, to destroy that narrative. Uh, and I think that that's where we're adding this, you know, tough bridge to cross because if one party is describing itself as the party that, you know, that's inclusive, but at the same time, they're saying, Hey, look over there. Do they look like they want to include you? Um, that's where they're winning that fight. 
There's been very uh, Donald Trump did a little bit better with uh, with Black Americans than previous Republicans, but it's still it's about an, about ninety percent, ninety five, eighty five percent will vote for the Democrat. And interestingly, the people that the Democrat parties hurt the most are their most loyal voters. But we're going to have to leave it there. I appreciate your dedication to the cause of pr- protecting our country and our freedom. You're in Georgia carrying out your work as a private citizen and uh, helping in that key race. And thanks for being on the show and look forward to having you, having you back again. Yes, sir. I'll be back uh, after the 7th. So I don't know what events you guys have scheduled up, but you know, hopefully we'll be victorious out here and I can come back with a really good report. Excellent. Tune in next week for another exciting edition of Unite, i.e. Radio. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with United American Mortgage. New company, same Ed Hoffman. If you've heard my show, The Main Event, then you know that I think like you do, and that's what you want when you're looking for someone to advise you on real estate financing. Whether you're thinking of financing a piece of property you'd like to own or refinancing a piece of property you already own, or if you or your spouse are over 62 and you'd like to find out more about that reverse mortgage thing that everyone is talking about, and whether that property is in California or another state where you'd like to go to escape California, I can help you find the solution that's right for you and in step with your short-term and long-term plans. Call me at 951-252-2027. That's 951-252-2027. One last time, day or night, area code 951-252-2027. Or go to edhoffman.net, click on the United American Mortgage logo. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921. United American Mortgage Corporation, NMLS ID number 1942. United American Mortgage Corporation is an equal housing lender and licensed by the California Department of Real Estate. AM 590, the answer. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 